1: This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. And now, here's your host.
2: Hey, everybody. Episode 59. 59. 59. And uh, you know it's going to start off well when... The first run-through on our starting the show, Larry spilled a beverage all over himself. And then uh, we look over, and Jason's digging food out with his hands, and Jack's
3: trying to direct him to a uh, a fork. 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 <laughs> Jack brought poppers. They were good. They're finger food, man. Oh. Tell us about the
0: exploding Sprite bottle, Pete.
3: <laughs> yeah, but that was pre-show. Pre-show. And it's non-alcoholic, so it's... Uh, so is the drink Larry spilled. any yeah. event, yeah. If, you, uh, if you don't know who we are, this is Jason Lewis. Jack Harley. Pete
0: Ruggieri. Larry Maris. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope that uh, on my way home tonight, I do not get stopped by the police.
4: Oh, God. They'll
0: just think you were eating
4: candy. <laughs> yeah.
2: La- Larry had one sip of a beverage, and the rest spilled all over him, so he stinks like a bar. <laughs> oh, hey, everybody. So um, what a great, exciting week. Um, we have a, a fun show coming up. Bam. Um, so yeah, you know, we were Jack. Jack was lucky enough. I think Seth Anthony put the idea out there hey, you guys should interview the guys from Lodge 49 television show. Of course, we all said, Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that'd be a great idea. Yeah, we and then an we idea. just moved mm-hmm. on. But mm-hmm. Jack actually gets stuff done. <laughs> <laughs> Jack emailed AMC, and lo and behold.
4: They I actually had the set people from Lodge Forty
3: Nine build a
4: studio for us.
3: So there you yeah. go. So How did yeah. that work? We, you know what? We should we should let the oh, it's the The suspense just gnaw at our listeners and, and talk about our week, and then we'll come back and talk about. Oh, it. Let's do that. Okay, but we're going to have some and a special some a special special guest coming a special?
2: up. So anyway, Jason. Yes. What have you been up to since our last recording?
3: Nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's been the summer, nice. so we're, uh, you're off masonically. I feel like I did something, and I can't for the life of me think of what I did. Yeah, you worked well, every day. Have we <laughs> I mean, been on <laughs> since you were in in Lexington? Yeah, I'm back from Lexington. That was that was a great trip. We talked about that. Yeah. yeah. Personally, you sent your uh, oldest daughter off to college. Yes, a block away. Daughter, I'm on change va- the locks. I'm on vacation. No, I didn't change the locks. So okay. we uh, now that we don't live together, we seem to be getting along swimmingly. It so isn't that isn't that funny? Man, teenagers, on and the, you will become much more intelligent over the next four years. I know. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> and she uh she is going to a a school here in Pennsylvania of a Franklin and Marshall which is uh both masons grant both grand masters right John Marshall Ben Franklin and there is one of the Go- goth uh wolfgang goth uh, there's Go- gothian hall gertha gertha goth Ger- i'm gertha, not i gertha I'm, i think is pronounced i'm not right? learned I don't know. And With uh, James Buchanan. From Ask Lod- your daughter. She's learned it. And uh, James Buchanan was a uh, trustee. So there has got to be a Masonic cornerstone on that campus somewhere. Probably most of the buildings.
4: Well, I'll go look for it once
2: my uh, once this, my probation officer says I'm allowed back on campus. <laughs> <laughs> it's right next to the Pokemon. So i want to go there. Jack, have you done anything Masonically?
4: No, I've been working myself uh, to death. Um, and uh, that's really it. I mean, I have there's. You know, just getting ready for cranking up. Um, Yeah. So,
2: me, my only big thing was uh, we had a Tall Cedars meeting last night, a barbecue um, with a heat index of 100. It's always good to have a barbecue outside. You can just leave the pig on the driveway, and it cooks itself. You know, with a... Uh, elderly organization <laughs> and and i'm not elderly but i'm a, an at-risk person health-wise so it's just great a bunch of people that shouldn't be out in the heat but um no it was fun we sat around we uh had a uh, pork and we smoked cigars and we drank some cedar sap so it was a uh it was a good time
0: it was a good time
2: and is that all you had larry yeah yeah no committees, no...
0: Well, well, yeah, but, you know, I, I don't count them uh, for some reason or other. Uh, yeah, breakfast with goose and gridiron, which is always Thursday, I get tired of saying it, and the Tall Cedars thing, you were in Pittsburgh.
2: Oh, yeah. I went to the... Oh, I guess I was. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> I was at the Ohio Grotto Association. Ohio. Uh, and it was in the... It was in Pittsburgh at the Masonic Center of Pittsburgh because the grotto. You're not allowed in Ohio. Well, no, well, that's pretty much the reason. Um, but the, the yeah, the grant, the lodge or the grotto from Pittsburgh actually belongs to the Ohio Grotto Association. So beautiful facility. Um, got the tour out there. Grotto has their own building. There's a Scottish Rite. There was York. Everything out there. It's uh, and they have great food. But I'm glad to be back. Uh, I met the... uh, the, So the Grand Monarch was out there, the new Grand Monarch, uh, Reverend Matt Wassell. Mm -hmm. And nice guy. um, He's from the Boston area, and he agreed to be on the show. He has a voice for radio? You know, I... I wasn't sure how it was going to go over. I, I made a comment that he looks just like John Candy from National Lampoon's Vacation when he says, pork's closed. Moose outside should have told you. <laughs> <And, laughs> you know, I have a history with like grand officers not liking me because I say dumb things. Um, oh, but my God. Yeah. No, he, I think he, he does like it. And uh, he's uh, going to be on the show. Cool. Eight, hey, hey. eight. righty, so uh, I guess we'll take a break. Yeah, and we'll come back. We'll listen to something riveting, right? And then we'll come back, and we're going to hear our special interview with special people. Well, we're gonna we're gonna stop with the we're <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna come back with uh, Peter Akko and Jim Gavin, creators and showrunner of Lodge, Lodge Forty Nine. 49.
0: I choose George J. Grove and Sons for your next home improvement project. At George J. Grove & Sons, we've built our reputation on quality and trust for more than 50 years. For planning, to materials, to installation, George J. Grove promises a home improvement experience second to none. Whether your goal is reducing energy costs, decreasing maintenance, updating curb appeal, or simply increasing the value of your home, The George J. Grove team will recommend and provide solutions that stand the test of time. Call 717-393-0859 for an estimate or visit us at georgejgrove.com.
2: Hey everybody! Welcome back to Masonic Light Podcast. Tonight's episode is being brought to you by George J. Groven Sons, DNS Cigar Lounge, and Smithton Weathered Vineyard. The Smithton Inn and Weathered Vineyard.
1: Correct.
2: Yeah. So, but and a t- there's a tasting room.
4: There is. There's a tasting room, and in a cooperative effort, DNS Cigars actually has cigars at the tasting room that you can smoke at the Smithton Inn. Look at that. And
2: George Grove did not build it. But <laughs> he would have, he would have. <laughs> but he did. But it's older. The Inn's yes. older than George Grove. Older than
3: George. But, so listen, but listen, when? If they ever have inefficient windows. And the tasting room gets a little chilly. <gasps> George, George. There George, George Grove. There you
2: go. So Larry and I were lucky enough <laughs> to have the opportunity to speak to Jim Gavin and Peter Akko of... Lodge 49. Jim Gavin is a uh, is a writer, and this is his first time doing television. And Peter occo has got a huge resume of television, like going back to, you know, Parker Lewis Can't Lose and some other stuff. And he's just been involved with tons of cool stuff. Um, but they were very gracious and gave us an interview. And uh, let's listen to it.
1: Welcome to Ring Central Conferencing. Please enter your
5: access code, followed by the pound. You've been connected to your conference. We are waiting for the moderator to arrive. Please stand by. Hello. Hi.
6: Hey, gentlemen. Um, My name's Pete Ruggieri, and with me is Larry Maris. He's my – we're the co-founders and co-hosts of uh, a thing called the Masonic Light Podcast. And, um, you know, thank you guys so much for taking the time to to speak with us.
7: Yeah, well, thank you for – Speaking with
6: us. Happy to. So, um, just we kind of, you know, a couple little questions for you, and hopefully, we did enough research and listened online to some other interviews so that we're not going to duplicate questions you've heard a million times. So, you know, as Freemasons, we were very excited when we saw previews for this coming out because there was like the Honeymooners, the Simpsons, and uh, the Flintstones. That's about the the right. extent of lodge kind of shows. So what kind of reactions have you guys gotten from Elks and Masons and everybody? Uh,
5: generally, you know, very positive. I think the, you know, one thing we've heard is that some of the smaller details um, we, we've, we've gotten right. Obviously, we've created our own, uh, you know, we have a fraternal order with its own history and mythology and uh, ritual and all this. But it is a a composite of uh, these different traditions. A major one, obviously, being Freemasonry. And I think Peter and I both felt that often, when Freemasonry or like the like has been portrayed, it's it's in a kind of hyperbolic. Too often, it has a sinister feeling to it. Where we're more concerned with uh, the, the more human quality of these places um, you know our show does take some crazy turns and all that but I think you can't really do that unless you have like a grounded uh, a texture of reality that hopefully we've been able to capture and generally from what we we were doing a good job on something we're proud of yeah
7: I know I think our our intent was never to parody which I think a lot of times you know uh, that that seems to be where these get portrayed is some sort of parody of what it, you know what the comic version is and that's that just wasn't
6: what we set out to do. The um, yeah, I was just going to say, your your Lynx Lodge members are painfully mundane and ordinary guys, just like Larry and I. Um, <laughs> yeah. And us. Uh... Yes, yeah, so right, right,
5: right.
6: Yeah. At, You know, at one time, Freemasonry attracted the pillars of society, world leaders, and intellectuals. Meanwhile, Larry and I were, are retired telephone salespeople um <laughs> So yeah, why did you? Go, well, you're talking to. A re- go ahead. Oh, go ahead. no why did you feel? It was I just say, well, you're so, talking. To you- oh, we're horrible at this, aren't we? <laughs> yeah,
7: sure. I'm going to ask Jim to speak, and then you guys. Here we go. Thank okay, uh, okay, you, sir.
5: Please, please finish your question.
6: <laughs> no, just you know, why did you feel it was
5: so important to ground it like that and, and put portray real, real people? Uh, well, you're talking to a retired toilet salesman. Um, you know, just uh, the kind of worlds and people that I, I wrote about, and then Peter's interested in write, writing about, and then you know we've you know built the show with our writing staff. Is um, I think uh, I'm more interested in finding kind of the extraordinary in the ordinary, and. I would like to, you know, in general, you know, we like to shine the light on people who don't get a lot of due. Uh, In our mind, a guy like Ernie in the show, who is a plumbing salesman by day, uh, we want to instill his life with all the meaning and grandeur of, uh, you know, uh, know, the great men of history, you know, or whatever it is. I think that's one of the great uh, virtues of these places is that you can go to this place and just have a different view on, the world and your life, and I, I think it's you know a place to find to find meaning. And uh, in the end, it doesn't matter what you're doing for a living. It's who you are as a person. And uh, I think the Lodge is a place for different types of people to come together. Yeah, and
7: there's enough shows about perfect-looking rich people. So (laughs) we were trying to fill
5: a different niche.
6: Yeah, in in the Masonic world, you know, the, the term "on the level, that's a very Masonic term. And, you know, our goal is that all men are equal when we're together. So, yeah, the toilet salesman and
5: the mayor can have an equal conversation and an equal say. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that, we love that. We, uh, it, you, we met on the level and parted on the square. Is that the... Uh...
6: Yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um,
5: the um,
6: One of the things we really appreciate the show, nothing is like really overt and obvious, which is different in a lot. Of, you know, a lot of TV shows just hit you over the head with things. Um, so there's a lot of things that you see and you hear and you pass over, you don't think mean anything, but then later... Like, oh, my goodness, like, I got that now. So yeah, how much of that is I, It's
5: We've put a lot of work into that, you know, and I think one of the things, you know, one of the joys of, you know, researching a lot, so much of this stuff and in the imagery of Freemasonry and Rosicrucianism and, you know, all the stuff we've kind of invented or all these different crazy writers and thinkers – um, there is this kind of attention to detail and this idea that you if you study these these images um, these like you know uh, that you'll be able to kind of see things in, in a new way and we try and create that experience for the viewer as well that uh, you, you can have a perfectly fun experience hopefully just watching the show straight through but there will be those things in the background those offhand bits of dialogue that um, that are meaningful and are on purpose, and we're hoping that makes the viewer lean in. Yeah, I think we set out to try and make a show that engages the audience rather
7: than kind of uh, just purely entertains them. And, and, you know, we just tried to do that wherever we could infuse it with moments that make make you lean in and see for yourself rather than just sort of feeding you plot. I, I think Jim and I both were kind of exhausted by that that kind of genre, and, um, you know, honestly, we just we wanted to make something we wanted to watch.
5: Yeah. But our, you know, our, our kind of mantra, one of them, is to trust the viewer, you know, um, give, the, give the viewer – we don't need to hold anybody's hand, but um, there's different ways to experience the show, but there will be a – I think the third type of viewer is just going to be excited by, like you're saying, those small little details that actually prove to be meaningful
8: This is Larry here. One of the things I noticed, and and it goes along with what you have been saying and what Pete's been uh, talking about as well, and I'll say that when I watched the first episode, I said, this is going to be interesting, but I felt it was a little slow. But I watched the second episode, and I felt, well, it's not as slow, and it's really getting good. And then I watched the third episode. And when Dud got into that daybed and went through the wall into that secret sanctorium, I said to myself, this is the magic right here. This is going to turn this stuff all the way around. It was really exciting. And that's one of the things I wanted to mention. There's magic, and it's going to come out. I can feel it. I can just see it. And I think when we talk about Freemasonry and Rosicrucianism, there's a certain level of magic there. And I think you're capturing it right now. That's my take.
7: Yeah, I mean, I think, you no, know, that's wonderful to hear because I, I, you know, part of it is we knew that the first couple episodes are almost like a training camp to enjoy the series because you have to slow down, mm-hmm. you, you have to kind of almost lower your expectations for. Um, Uh, you know, twists and turns and, and just kind of enjoy the ride. But that if you do that, (laughs) by the time you kind of move forward, you're, you're in the right frame of mind, I think, to understand the magic the way, the way we try and understand it, which is it's, it's not going to drive the ship, but it's a big part of our characters' lives, even though they may not fully understand it, you know, it's it's uh, it's something that's almost sneaking up on them um, rather than it becoming the focus of everybody's life.
5: Yeah, and I'll, just to add to that, I'd say that one of our goals, and I think it is kind of built into, you know, these kind of esoteric uh, orders, um, is returning. I think it is a good thing to have return to you in your life a sense of mystery that they're that if you just open your eyes a little bit more you may see something that you missed. And uh yeah you know, they they find a room that had been there all along. <laughs> and you know, obviously we're gonna tell a whole story about that and and get into the history of the ancient and benevolent order of the Lynx and you know we're on our way. But uh in the end you kinda have to we need that time to spend with Dud and Ernie you know, getting to know each other, so when Doug does go through the wall, it, it, it is that much more meaningful. Hopefully. Yeah, and, uh, and spoiler alert: uh, episode four is
7: less about the mummy and more about a pancake breakfast. So, <laughs> just to put you in the right frame again.
6: Yeah, if you uh, ever, ever, you ever get really drunk and listen to one of our shows, that's one of our recurring themes: that the secret of Freemasonry pancakes.
5: <laughs> That makes me happy. Very happy. So
6: how free, I mean, I'm not a television guy, so um, how freeing is it as writers to, um, you know, to work with AMC? Because I, I don't see other networks and other channels letting you do that slow roll and being able to tell something slowly. You know, they want to just beat you over the head with every episode being, I don't
5: know, a standard story. Yeah, I mean, Peter. Uh, Peter describes it as a guy with a bomb in his stomach. Like, you know, like it. It always has to be so, you know, crazed. We're we're gonna grab you by the ears and and just if you don't watch, you you know, you're in trouble. Um, AMC has from the beginning. What they love about the show is it's it's different tone, it's different pace and that hopefully it just makes you feel different when you watch it, than you, and that it, that it does stand out from other shows because of that. I think they also kind of, aside from
7: the pacing, they, they hooked on early to a sense of optimism, I think, which you kind of feel in um at the center of it. Just I think they're very aware that most of their shows are pretty dark and have been for a decade. And that this, for them, is a bit of an experiment and a pivot into, you know, a a slightly, not just comedic, but but just a worldview that that is a bit more optimistic, I think.
6: One of our uh, listeners uh, sent me a message, uh, a brother, Dennis Daly, from Rockvale, Tennessee. And he wanted to know where you guys got the inspiration when you came up with the mythological Lynx Lodge and created the symbolism around your lodge. So where did you you and the other
5: writers come up with everything. Well, uh, yeah, that, you know, when I was writing the pilot, and uh, there was a combination of a lot of things happening once, just uh, long-term interest in some of these, in in kind of uh, like Western esoterica and the reading of old kind of weird medieval bestiaries and stuff. And at some point, I, I don't know, I can't remember when, it's all lost in the myth, but I, you know, I read this entry about uh, the medieval conception of the lynx, that it could see through walls. And it's just such a, I don't know if you have like a, the lynx is such a beautiful, mysterious creature. Um, and there's something about that just seemed to serve as this larger metaphor. And I connected it to alchemy. And, you know, then we, we kind of went from there, and, uh, you know, I think it, it connects to a lot of different strains of, of, of thought and philosophy. Um, but, yeah, the, the links as a central metaphor has kind of been there from the beginning. So
6: you guys have probably done, a, a, as my co- other co-host Jack uh, told me, he said a, a Brazilian interviews, but... Um, what is one question that you thought you were going to receive, but you haven't received yet? Are there any things that we're missing that we shouldn't be missing? Well,
7: that's a good question. Wow. Mm.
5: Like when you, you know what? i got to say, the, the, the questions we're getting are all uh, super smart and engaged. So, I, you know, I, I don't, you know, uh, actually, you know, the one you just asked from your listener is one is a kind of new one, so that's kind of cool. Like I think we're hoping we're trying to build a whole world, um, a whole mythology, and it it is thought out. You know, it's not, you know, we've had it in place, and you know, that um, there's a great joy in doing it. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else? No, I don't know. I yeah. I mean, I you know, I think the more
7: questions we get, where people realize that. Uh, you know, it wasn't just thrown at a wall that that you know. Our secret hope is to start a secret society with the television show. <laughs> so, if, if we're on track to do that, yeah, uh, then we've done our job.
6: The key is uh, micro payments and recurring monthly charges.
5: <laughs> uh, we're just taking notes. Yeah, we might you might see that in a future episode. By the way. <laughs> I have, a, I have a question
8: for uh, you, Jim. Uh, one of the things that I read, and I was trying to find out, and I Googled and Googled and Googled where, where you guys got a lot of your inspiration from, and one of the things I found out was that one of your inspirations came from uh, a Thomas Pacheon pa- right, book, crying, The Crying of Lot 49. Well, I read about this, and actually just ordered it in Amazon five minutes ago. Uh, I'm thinking, yeah. I, when I read about it, I said, this is amazing about the secret post office that is not part of the USPS, but secretly underground. And I thought, this is a conspiracy. This is a fraternity. This is amazing. So is that where you yeah. got some of your inspiration from? Uh
5: yeah, I think you know it's the 49 is definitely an homage to a writer that I've long had a long interest in and got much joy and inspiration from. And that book in particular is about a very ordinary woman who stumbles upon uh, this very uh, extraordinary underground system of communication, and it kind of drives her to the brink of you know it's this, it's a very short. Crazy, very funny novel. It's also set in Southern California, and so yeah, there's a lot of touchstones to it. I think one great one of one of Pynchon's great uh, virtues is he is his eye for the the unseen. Um, His characters often they enter a world and they get they get a new set of eyes and can kind of see it anew. And you know, all all that is is definitely inspiration to us. Um, Yeah. Uh, all i would say too and we have said this before but i i do think that for you know for
7: us we are we're far more interested in in watching people who believe in something rather than sort of obsessing about the details of what they believe and i and I, in a way i think there's you can draw a line to, to pinch in that way which is it's the human it's the human element uh, inside the mystery that's interesting you know rather than the mystery itself
8: I think you captured that very well, by the way. the um, So
6: I'm kind of an AMC uh, television junkie. So one of the things I really enjoyed about Breaking Bad was that, you know, they really had a plan for the end of the show. And they had a plan, you know, like a three- or five-year plan. So if if your show gets renewed... You know, do you have like a kind of a a set ending that you're working towards?
5: Uh, Yeah, no, we, we, I (laughs) never
7: know whether or not to admit this because in television, of course, you know, you feel like, you feel a responsibility to say, no, of course not. This show will go on forever.
5: Um, But I think, yeah, we we definitely have our destinations and uh, getting there will be a, a zigzag, a crooked path. Uh, as the, as the night must walk. Um, but no, our destinations uh, are definitely uh, in our heads.
6: So th- this is another non-Masonic question, but you know, the, I guess kind of since the Masons are a bunch of dudes, um, obviously we've all fallen in love with the character of Liz um, <laughs> played by Sonia Cassidy. So when I start digging and Googling, I'm like, wow, she's British. Um, is that like, is that your guys doing or is that just an AMC thing in general? Because I know like Andrew Lincoln on the walking dead and Dominic Cooper on preacher. Um, is it, you just don't want to have artists that we are, are we're going to stereotype or is it uh you know, a budget you can get them a little bit uh, cheaper.
5: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is killer. Come on. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, Listen, we were as surprised as anyone to have found Liz, who is, you know, one of our three leads, a crucial part of our world, and, you know, she she has a, you know, her connections to the lodge may or may not be revealed at some point, but, um, but the, you know, we the finding Sonia in uh, London was just uh, a great. Bit of luck, really. You
7: well, know. we just looked at an audition tape where someone we knew who was British was basically swaggering like a Long Beach broad <laughs> in a way that <laughs> felt so Liz-like that he, we, you know, I we were just as stunned as anyone that she was happened to be, you know, living in London. Um, yeah, no, it's, she's incredible. And 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 for the record, she turns it on and off like a light switch. She is not someone who has to remain in like American mode. She, she, you know, they call cut and she's talking about chalk and cheese. And it's absurd. It's absurd that it happens at all, but she is Liz when she is Liz, she becomes
6: the character. So, yeah,
5: yeah. They're they're pretty good over there. Pretty good. Yeah.
6: So I guess my buddy Jack has one more question. Um, Are you getting different questions from say Mason's versus the Elks and because I, I read somewhere that I guess uh, I guess Jim, you're you're an elk. I'm an elk as well. You can see me. I'm doing the hand signal.
5: Uh, it's weird. I mean, uh, well, for the record, I have to. I have uh, my sister is an elk, so I go with her to the bar for the cheap drinks. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, but but uh, we I for in my mind the we the length is kind of maybe split the difference between uh you know, the esoteric qualities of Freemasonry and the kind of just more, you know, bumptious social qualities of the Elks. Um I think in general the Masons have a a more keen sense of uh of of history and um we're talking to the Masons now, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Definitely the Masons yeah. have the best question. Yeah. Um that, uh, you know, like the, the history of these symbols and all this stuff that you know is, is all there for the taking in our show. And you know, obviously we're doing our own thing, but it's very much inspired by. It. So I think uh, our, our, our Mason and friends definitely have a keen eye for for that stuff. Um, I think with the Alps, we definitely get across the the beauty of having you know cheap beer. and uh, yeah, but the Masons want to find meaning, which is great for
7: us. That's the audience we want. We want an audience that tunes in looking for connections and looking for hidden things, and that's, that's awesome. fantastic. So,
6: well, that's great, guys. Thank you so much for taking time today. Um, we really appreciate
5: it. Well, thank you for caring about the show. Yeah, not a world. <laughs> no, this, I speak for Peter. This, it really, we're really excited to talk to you guys, and it means a lot that. Um, you know, it's the show's hopefully finding a foothold in in the world. It uh, portrays with a lot of love. So, thank you.
6: You're welcome. Now, I'll give you one piece of uh, unsolicited advice. If um, you need a plot line next season, one of the running jokes we have in Freemasonry is like how like I became an officer in all these different organizations was um, I made eye contact. So. like <laughs> You know, whereas you have have, have earning something to be the the leader Um, in our group, nobody wants to do the work. So if you're the dumb guy that makes eye contact when they ask, you're stuck.
5: (laughs) I think you're describing dust. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, we're here if you have any questions. Yeah, I am. Thank you
7: so
6: much. All right, gentlemen, have a great day and go get a cheap beer at the Elks. Thanks, guys. Bye.
5: Bye. Bye.
4: So that's a couple of words uh, from the creators and writers at Lodge 49. I, Guys, you did a great job. Um, what was your sense in talking to them about how they feel about fraternities and, and that kind of thing?
2: I, I really felt like for two guys that are not in a fraternity, that they got it. They They nailed it. The fact that we are just regular guys and... You know, and we're regular guys at regular jobs, and we mean well. And, you know, somehow they just, I think they nailed it.
4: That's all. So the question, I don't know, you guys are looking at me like I'm supposed to run this interview. Uh, Larry, you, you look like you're going to talk. Oh, no, it's just gas.
0: <laughs> yeah, the sense, the sense that I got. And I don't know that we didn't have the courage to ask them if they belong to any fraternity. Uh, we could have said, "Are you a Freemason?" But we didn't do that. I well, know. I read
2: enough from their other interviews, Larry, that if you would have paid they, it, if you would have done those, listened to that research, <laughs> you would know that they're not, and that um, I believe one, one Jim, of the sisters
3: Jim's sister, Jim's yeah. sister, is an elk, and he did yeah. mention that in the interview. Yeah, you, he did mention but that. But there are other yeah. people. Yeah.
4: There are other people affiliated with the show that most certainly are members of our fraternity at least the Masonic yeah. fraternity.
3: You know a lot of the buzz on the internet is, you know, oh, keep in mind this isn't freemasonry and ooh, no dress code in the I, lodge. My, but I I got to give a shout out to the show of the little nuances that if you're in a fraternity ring loud and clear not necessarily the esoteric shout outs but you know the officers on the wall with the missing picture and the crooked <laughs> picture frames. And, I mean it just the, you know scout's breakfast and you know it yeah. uh,
4: There's, where's the pancake mix? There's no pancake mix.
3: Yeah,
2: if if you were to go into the uh, Masonic Center of Lancaster County (laughs) and look in the back room, there's a wall full of Walmart-level pancake mix that's instant, (laughs) that's probably been there since the Eisenhower administration. (laughs) In
3: case of nuclear holocaust. Yeah. yeah. So while the links may be closer to other fraternal organizations, like I think the Elks, I really think the Oddfellows, because you know, they're some of the or they do have some esoteric elements. They in have the some esoteric photos, yeah, some esoteric and like their old costumes and you know, like mm-hmm. uh, not to give any episodes away, but you know, episode four is out there. But what the uh, the past sovereign protector is is dressed in, you know, mm-hmm. really kind of has a shout out to, to oddfellas. So I think, uh, but those little nuances, man. I mean, it makes you feel right at home. It really just, does.
4: And uh, I'll tell you what: for those of you that aren't in Pennsylvania, we don't have alcohol in our lodge buildings as a rule, um, and this this. Program, it's, it's sort of uh, orbits around the bar at the lodge. It's it's basically esoterics and cheap beer, and and it makes me glad that we don't have a bar in our, in our lodges in Pennsylvania because it's not about that.
2: Well, yeah, and I am an elk, and the the elk's lodge is mainly about the bar, right. While there are definitely some people that take the path that become officers and they they do the running of the lodge, really the the social hall is is the main thing with the Elks.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, there's a a, a mason. Who, they would argue it that it's service to the veterans, but yeah, there's well a, that happens with the money they they get from <laughs> they, they the, make bar. It the bar. The yeah. bar, yeah. There's a mason in the area that is the most recent past whatever the presiding officer is in in Elks. What was it called? I don't know what it is exalted ruler and and he said that it was you know it was fun however he wasn't anticipating like being the general manager of a bar which is pretty much you know a major role but and anyway we're getting off topic lodge 49
4: but i love the fact in the interview that you asked him my question actually about when you're getting questions you know what are the differences between the questions that you get from the moose and the elks versus the masons i love the answer to that question
2: the um my favorite answer that he had in there was when he pointed out that he is a retired uh, toilet salesman. Right. And and that even comes through in Ernie's character, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who yeah. sells plumbing supplies. Right. So it's, you know, the only thing that's kind of foreign to me, being an East Coaster, is the whole, like, lazy kind of California surf vibe. Right. But, like, it's where I, I want to be. You know, I'm like... <laughs> you know going back to the, you know watching the monkeys when i was a kid and things like that like you know
3: well i'm not getting the vibe that the show is about fraternal stuff right like that that is certainly the backdrop but you know it, it feels like a character development story for dud and ernie and, and they even said on you know the interview that you know insert whatever i mean it's it's about the, it's about the characters what like, was the statement he
4: made uh i I'd, I'd, I'd rather i'd rather Talk to somebody who believes in something, who believes in something that I, I got, I, I can't remember the, the exact phrasing, but, uh, but it was spot on. Yeah. I believe in something.
3: Yeah. And, and that makes you more interesting than, but that's my point. I think that it would be an interesting show if the backdrop was not fraternal and, but for us, it, but, it but, certainly, but where I see the connections too is, you know, I've been a Mason for
2: going on 22 years now. And every year, my view of the fraternity is different. And, I, I, and I'm not saying in a bad way, in a good way. I see different things now that I didn't see before. And in only four episodes, they're hitting on that where they've been going in this lodge every day after work for years and having beers. Mm-hmm. And now they're just starting to notice things that have always been there. And whether, you know, like when I joined the York right. You know, I'm like, oh, I never saw that on the ceiling. I mean, there was, you know, not hidden, you know,
3: I never saw that
2: little room
4: over there. But a lot of it's fleshing out around the character of Dud, who is a young guy who is looking for something to straighten out his to help straighten out his life. He's willing to do it. He's just looking for something to guide him. And and he's finding a framework of it in the fraternity. And I think that's really cool. And that's that's why it's. To me, that's why it's compelling to be in a lodge and instead of at a small airport in the suburbs or, you know, some someplace else.
2: Well, he's also the optimist of the group. The rest of the group are kind of like us grumpy past masters. Oh, it's not a you know, like it's not no no no, you can't do that. It's not about that. Whereas he doesn't know better yet. So he's just no, let's do this. This is what it's about.
3: Oh, you certainly have every character in the Lodge, in Lodge 49. I mean, you've got, you know, the police officer who's Mr. You know, Mr. Conservative Police Harbor officer. Police. Yeah, right. <laughs> Jeff Holden. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and and you've got you've got Ernie Love you, Jeff, Ernie who's kind of a uh, a grumpy past uh, sovereign protector. Or no, he but he but he hasn't served yet. No, he, he, he but he he wants to be right. But he certainly plays the part of of grumpy, and uh, Dud as you mentioned. Do you think that D- Dudley has anything to do with shout out to Dudley Watches, or just a total coincidence? Oh, that's a coincidence. But there's a lot of other plans. that's Pennsylvania. No,
4: I never gave it any thought. Could be. I mean he's just
3: he's just a dud. I don't know. But there's some ma- yeah, I mean there's so many other d- I
4: think it's more of a shout out to
2: the dude. The dude from Big Lebowski. There is a
3: very strong
2: dude vibe, yeah. Yeah, dud dude. just
3: missing an E. Yeah. Or just dude. Or we like, all. Let's go. Let's go surf. Dude abides. Uh but then you got, you know, the esoteric eye blaze, right? Like mm-hmm. he's it, it's pretty funny. <laughs>
2: and I just think that name is hilarious considering he's
3: <laughs> Hey, IMDb says uh, it's B L A I S E.
2: Sure, sure. But he runs a dispensary, an <laughs> illegal know. dispensary. Uh, so anyway, um, just the guys. Thank you so much for that, and uh, we look forward to the show continuing. Absolutely.
4: Um, yeah, I'm hooked. We're. I'm, I'm assuming AMC is picking it up for a second season already.
2: Yeah, I mean that. That's that's one of those more TV questions. They they've taken on a different show model, like different than the old days where they went. Zombies and heads exploding. Well, yeah, but they also just kind of like, okay, yeah, they just ordered the series. They just ordered the whole season. And I think AMC's very happy with the show from what they were saying. And I hope it comes
0: back. Yeah. So if you're trying and to. They, uh, they've gotten fantastic reviews. Yeah. All the, the reviews, reviews are, have been awesome. People are really confused. And not, not
4: confused is the wrong word, but they're like tripped up by the fact that it's, it's a thought provoking, humorous, Intellectual, laid back. I mean, it's got it's Mm -hmm. just all over the place.
3: It's awesome. So let me ask you this: Do you think that this is going to drive any petitioners
4: to us? It could. I mean, not not, you know, not like back in Dan Brown days, but um, but you know, I I think I was talking to a somebody a a, a friend um, who's real involved at the American Legion. And he used the term club life, and he said, this this generation just doesn't understand club life. And I had never heard the phrase club life before, but it defined it. it you know, the Legion, the VFW, the, the Elks, the Moose, the Masons.
2: Even go to, like, the local firehouse in my hometown, the volunteer firehouses were where guys hung out. Yeah. Not yep. just guys,
3: families. Yeah. I mean, I remember being a kid, and I'd be with my dad on the weekends, and that, I mean, that we went to the firehouse. In mm-hmm. fact... He said, What do you want to do this weekend? I'm like, I want to go to the firehouse and just hang out with shoot pool and you know, hang out with my step uncle and turn the sirens on. It was yeah. it was fun. So, speaking of Lodge 49, if you haven't had an opportunity to watch it, so it is on AMC. uh, It airs on Mondays, correct?
2: After Better Call Saul. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And uh, you can also watch it, uh, you can watch the first episode for free at amc.com, and then you can, uh, if you have any cable subscription, like Comcast that we would have here, you can certainly get the standalone uh, AMC app, and then you can also purchase the episodes or season pass on Amazon Prime Video, which is where... I'm watching it. So
4: so if you if you're tuning in just for the first episode, it's a bit like the roller coaster at the top of the roller coaster and and the first episode is just sort of just topping over. It's a I'm not I don't want to say it's slow because it's it's interesting and funny, but Two, three, four—the uh, the roller coaster starts going down the hill, and it's it's flying. And I think by mid season, it's going to be screaming.
0: Yeah, the end of episode three. <laughs> <laughs> when, when the door breaks through, or when the wall the goes wall through, yeah, and finds the crypt with the mummy. Uh,
3: has everybody seen episode? It's not of? a mummy. Yeah, it's, it's not a,
2: a mummy. It's yeah. a re- oh. corpus. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever the rest of it was.
3: Uh, uh, a rec- a rec-
4: uh. Corpus delectus. Yeah, uh, no, corpus uh, erectus. Is desiccated is what it is. No.
3: Have you, have you seen episode four? I have. No, I have yeah. not. Well,
2: then we won't spoil it for people. Yeah. Don't spoil it.
3: But but watch it. But watch it. Well, everybody it's awesome. knows there's a corpse. But man, the scene where he falls on the corpse. Well, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was four. That was episode four. That yeah, had me rolling. Yeah.
2: I, mean, I had that happened to me a lot too. Just the guy wasn't as dusty. He was more <laughs> recently more
3: recently dead, <laughs>
2: like an hour dead. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's why we don't have defibrillators in Lodge. Well, that's why we got defibrillators. <laughs> so let's uh, let's circle back and talk about some episodes, uh, you know, as they they unveil on our on our shows. Let's uh, keep up with it a little bit. Yeah, we'll
2: start doing uh, our little uh, reviews, our re- recaps. Oh gosh, uh, okay. we'll be we'll go full nerd. Oh man, all right, We're so such should, suck ups. All right, so just, go ahead, Jason. You guys did a great job. Thank you for. Uh, well, yeah, once, I, once I once I learn how to not talk over them. It was really difficult having the conversation hysterical with like, I'm so used to doing it on Skype where I can see when somebody's getting excited and getting ready to Mm -hmm. say something. And finally I just had to like shut up and they're professionals. So they, they got it. They, they led the interview the rest of the way. So thank you
3: guys. Yeah. So this is a loaded episode. We have a, we have two things happening. Lodge 49 certainly is a a great highlight, but let's uh, take a quick break and we'll listen to something fun. And, uh, We'll move on to our next uh, adventure.
4: At the historic Smithton Inn of of Pennsylvania,
3: we're pleased to serve the latest
4: creations from Weathered Vineyard Winery, along with spirits from Thistle Finch Distillery in Lancaster. All to be experienced in the tasting room of a beautifully restored 18th century bed and breakfast. Cigars by DNS Cigar are available for your enjoyment in the courtyard. The historic Smithton Inn is convenient to Lancaster County's most interesting attractions. Just minutes from the Ephrata Cloister and the Green Dragon Farmer's Market. And a short drive can get you to charming Lidditz, thriving downtown Lancaster, as well as Hershey, Bird in Hand, and Intercourse. Or Valley Forge and Gettysburg. Whether you're looking for a romantic getaway or an active vacation full of sightseeing and attractions, the historic Smithton Inn will be a welcoming oasis from everyday life one that you'll want to visit again and again. Stop in and visit at 900 West Main Street in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. Or check out our website at historicsmithtoninn.com, Or simply call us at 717-733-6094. Just ask for Pastmaster Dave.
0: Good news, everyone!
4: Masonic Light News, news not fit to print. In Masonic News today, according to a recent post on Facebook, which certainly must be true, it was announced by the Grand Lodge of Lariana had suspended recognition of the Knots Tightened USA. The brouhaha occurred when a parking space reserved for the stewards of the Grand Lodge was accidentally occupied by an errant Knight of the Knot. The situation deteriorated when janitorial staff wrote inappropriate maternal references on the car's windshield with bar soap. Responding with calm and a complete lack of sarcasm, the most deliberate past grandmaster of the grand enclosure of Knights Titan explained that the parking space in question was not properly marked as reserved, and that had there been such a sign in place, it would have been acted upon as its appropriate for all such parking venues. That's the Masonic News. So moat it was.
0: Oh,
2: uh, oh, Lord. It was good. I think... I oh don't know.
1: Masonic <laughs> Light Podcast. This is Moyer again. I just finished listening to episode 58... Another great episode. Uh, I'm going to start off with a couple observations with uh, Worshipful Brother Nicholas Lane. Um, I had to, traveling around the state of Pennsylvania for 10 years as a regional instructor, I always enjoyed uh, listening to the different dialects out there. So Worshipful Brother Lane, uh, out. You say out, 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 and that's fine. You know, I've heard that before, but the one that really perplexes me is the word about. You say a boot. A boot's what I wear when I'm out hunting, so you ought to be able to put that out in a in about and come up with a boot, but not a boot. Anyway, I, I enjoyed meeting you at Goose and Gridiron Breakfast and uh, glad you had a chance to stop by and, and uh, meet, meet the Masonic Light podcast crew. Jack, I really enjoyed your uh, news on the Badgers versus the Hedgehogs. Uh, That was a pretty interesting analogy because we we all know what that's about. And Jason and Pete, another great episode. Larry, I'm I'm really getting concerned about you. You keep mentioning you're 74 years old. Uh, I noticed when you did the George Grove and Sons advertisement, your voice is very raspy and somewhat gravelly so i'm here's my suggestion i know episode 59 has already been recorded but maybe you ought to get to about a half dozen balloons and fill them up with helium and suck on them before you speak on episode 60 be great to see how that works out talk to you guys soon bye
3: back. So, last episode, episode 58, which was also brought to you by uh, George Groven Sons and the historic Smith & Inn and Weathered Vineyards. Uh, and we had on Nicholas Lane, worship brother, uh, the master of Castle Island Virtual Lodge. Yeah, so, you got it right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, tonight- And he guilted us in the participating. Yeah. Yes. So, tonight we are actually going to attend. So, we have been recording this show that you're listening to uh, just before we're going to jump on. So we've got about 15 minutes until Virtual Lodge time. So we're going to hit pause, take a break, and uh, we're going to go to Virtual Lodge, which unfortunately we we can't record as part of the show. And then we're going to come back and discuss that and wrap up. And Larry's got something stupid to say, I'm sure. And uh, and then we're going to go home. So we'll see you guys after Virtual Lodge.
1: The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is Please note, the
2: new number is... Hey, we're back, everybody. Uh, So we were just participating in the Castle Island Virtual Lodge for the month of August. Uh, Pretty cool. There was, what, at least four Grandmasters there? Yes.
4: Four sitting Grandmasters and then several past Grandmasters.
2: Yeah, so like I think Manitoba, British Columbia, whatever those weird people call states up there. (laughs) Provinces. And then a couple American states. North Carolina. Was there Arizona? No, okay. No, North Carolina was on for sure, but um, I think they,
4: like sixty-seven men. Oh, there were more than that because there were numerous people at a couple of lodges. Yeah, in the so Ezekiel, in the Bates. Ezekiel yeah. Bates in Attleboro, Massachusetts. And there was another couple of lodges that had multiple people in in the so the, I would say there were over a hundred people in the, in the in the room. Um, yeah, and, you know, in air quotes,
3: virtual lodge has you know got a research kind of vibe to it, and it's uh, attracting a lot of the podcasters, YouTube guys, the intelligent podcasters, not like us. Yeah. Well, no. we we were there, but uh, you know, John Ruark was there from uh, Masonic Round Table. Yeah, and we're like we're like tagging the outside with spray paint. Jack Aquilina is junior deacon from Brought to Light, and I forget the gentleman's name, but he's from Three uh, Distinct Knocks and yeah. the After Lodge podcast. I think he's got two of them going on. Yeah. Yeah, so we're a good company. All good stuff. I listen to that
4: um, Three to Six Knocks yeah. when I'm driving. Yeah,
3: Jack Aquilina delivered a wonderful. I never listened to Jack Aquilina. though. Oh, no. no, well, that's because he never releases anything. No, he tried to pawn his job off some, to some Americans. And well, you know, I
2: listen. I call it Dead Lodge in Australia. I, I did my best to listen to it for the first 45 minutes, but you know, the second 45 minutes really started the drag. That's when <laughs> that's when they actually got into
4: the meat of it, though. <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, Jack did re- Jack researched a huge huge paper. Yes. And he had, a, you know, summarized it down to an
3: hour, which I don't he, know if you call that a summary. He might have omitted a few lines.
4: <laughs> 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 he was missing two pages. I was I,
3: I was messaging him during the whole thing. Yeah. Saying, "Can you speed this up, please?" Yeah. So, yeah.
4: anyway, congratulations, yeah, Brother
3: Nicholas. Good job.
4: Um, hopefully one and, of these days you'll be able to move along and and also Jack uh, I mean, the, the, the presentation is Jack's presentation, and this is the first time, I think this is the first time it's been aired in a large format. In its
3: entirety. Worldwide. In its entirety, yeah. Worldwide for the, yeah. For bits, the, no, bits and pieces have been, have
4: been this, read
0: before. This is a short form.
3: No, well, it's just, yeah, boiled down to an hour, yeah. An 80-page report that's been boiled down to an hour. Do they just do everything longer in Australia? It must be the time zone. Uh, no, they're just good at it. Thank you, Nicholas Lane for having us okay thanks bye thank you jack aquilina hey masonic late listeners if you happen to be in the central pennsylvania area anytime soon check out these upcoming masonic events saturday september 15th we have the effort to lodge number 665's cave degree saturday september 22nd we have autumn day at masonic villages On Tuesday, October 16th, we have the Valley of Lancaster Scottish Rite Reunion. If you're looking to join the Scottish Rite, you can find links on our Facebook page. Saturday, October 20th, the Cornerstone Group of Pennsylvania is hosting an axe-throwing and mead-tasting event at the Dusseled Meadery in Lancaster, which is owned and operated by a brother in Mannheim, Pennsylvania. Saturday, October 27th, is the Academy of Masonic Knowledge in Masonic Village in Elizabethtown. Check our Facebook page for more info. And we're back. So you heard uh, you heard some Jack's news earlier. We heard from the gentleman from Lodge 49. You heard our discussion about Virtual Lodge. uh, We can't give you any more than this. Yeah, I know. How much more do you want from us? I think it's time to go home. It's been a long night. It's probably 10 o'clock by the time that we're saying this. (laughs) But uh, Somewhere. can we again, char- can we charge by the hour? Sure. And again, you know, we want to we want to thank the people that uh, have been donating on the GoFundMe that's still active. We still need some new equipment. Uh, but uh, Not
4: only do we still need new equipment. We st- we have ongoing expenses we have recurring now. That we calls, did not like have. SoundCloud, Yeah. you know. Um, so we're we're paying a lot of this stuff out of pocket and we appreciate any help that you're willing to give out us. Out of your pocket would be easier
3: on yes, us. Absolutely. So, um, But big shout-outs to George Grovenson, Historic Smith and Inn and the Weathered Vineyards. Vineyard.
2: And I'll Widers. post a picture on the Facebook page. On the wall behind us, the wall of fame, I have post-it notes of the some of the sponsors who
3: donated online or donated their time. And uh, also DNS Cigars. We have new nice office chairs in here. So if somebody wants to donate some WD-40. Oh, now it doesn't, doesn't I mean, don't make any choice.
0: noise. <laughs>
3: <laughs> if, you've been, if you've been listening, if you've been hearing a little, little squeaking, it's me. I'm sorry. We're going to fix it. But uh, it's time to uh, cue the chickens and get the cluck out of here. Oh. Larry, just he's,
2: pretend like the chickens are going.
0: Since we are on video tonight at Virtual Lodge, thanks to our assistant makeup artist, Gladys Radio. What? Go ahead. Gladys Radio. Gladys Radio.
4: I heard what you said. Okay, it yeah, like, doesn't, doesn't really make sense. Keeps, keep going there. Glad that it's radio. Oh, glad it's radio. Oh,
0: uh, my God. Come on. All right. our, our budget director, Sasha Titus.
4: <laughs> that one I like.
0: Uh, we do have a cleanliness, expect, a cleanliness inspector. Add off the floor.
2: Okay.
8: Wow. Right. Build the wall.
0: <laughs> and, our, and a special thanks to our computer, our computer specialist and instructor, C. Boynton Glick. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to close the show. Is this tonight. better, Larry? Because you, you were complaining that we didn't give you any feedback. Uh, right? You yeah, don't give me any feedback. Exactly. And I'm going to close the show tonight without mentioning the law firm. they got some grief on that one last week. Good. Uh, a friend is uh, a friend. Definition of a friend. A friend is someone who will bail you out of jail a best friend is the one sitting next to you saying boy that was fun <laughs> thanks for listening this is larry maris
3: jason lewis jack harley and Pete jerry good night
0: You've been listening to the Masonic Light Podcast with brothers Pete Ruggieri, Larry Maris, Jason Lewis, Jack Harley, and me, your dulcet-toned announcer, Brian Hill. Listen to all our episodes on our website, www.masoniclight.com, or via your favorite podcasting service.